Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. The shuttle is carrying 40 tons of Balmerite explosives. I'm prepared to detonate those explosives in 30 seconds if you do not release our vessel. Thank you for joining us on the Janeway, the Voyager podcast, where my lusty, felonious co-host, Liam Smart, and me, Suzanne Williamson, look at Voyager episodes to work out whether our favorite captain has approached things the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. Lusty and felonious. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I can't, can't remember. Maybe we can actually put those thing, two things to actually know. That'll be a sex crime and that's bad. Let's not put them together. Anyway. Oh, why is that bad? A sex crime. Sex crimes are bad, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I guess so. Unless the, I like, no, here we go. I can wreck on this. I can make this better. I like handcuffs. <laughs> now I have the theme for Law and Order in my head. <laughs> Why not? Dun, 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 dun. Except now listeners dun, dun, are imagining dun, dun, me as a lusty, felonious character bow, in that. Anyway, before we get started with the episode today, why not give us a follow on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and also join on our Facebook community for our listeners called The Nexus, where you can discuss this episode, episodes of all of the other shows we have on Holosuite Media, including What the Future Holds, our Star Trek Discovery podcast. So, Suzanne, how are thou? After singing that law and order thing and imagining me as a lusty, felonious person. <laughs> I am scared, frightened. I Why? don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you're, on a, you're on a different continent, so I'm safe, I guess. I mean, if you're yeah. lusty and felonious, you never know. We've got the whole Pacific after. and the whole of the contiguous United States and half of Australia between us. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So today, Suzanne, we are continuing on with our little Janeway exercise and looking at the episode mm-hmm. ex post facto. Yes. Yes. So just a quick little synopsis. Tuvok plays detective when Paris is wrongfully convicted by an alien race of murder. IMDb has this as a 6.7 out of 10 stars, which means it is Interesting. better than The Cloud. Don't think so personally. What do you think of Ex Post Facto? Actually, I liked it the very first time I saw it when it was the next generation's a matter of perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very true. It is basically a ripoff of that, isn't it? Yeah, not sure why they felt the need to rehash it and change little things, but yeah, it's season one. You don't need to do that stuff already. Well,. Most of the Voyager scripts didn't they end up just coming from TNG anyway. But an actual aired story, why? In season one, why? Well, I know that, not personally, because I don't know the people involved, but 
at the time, Tom Paris, as in Robbie Duncan McBeal, really, really enjoyed the script and thought it was a really good script. But then listening to Delta Flyers podcast now, it just makes him look, well, he believes, sorry, that it makes him look like a bad character. And at the end of the day, it does a disservice to Tom. Well, yeah, because he was making out with that chick that he knew was married. Makes him a lusty, felonious person like myself, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So we open on some black and white images. Oops, sorry, budget didn't allow for colour this week. (laughs) Here we find out that we are in Paris's mind. And, of course, as soon as we find out that we're in Paris's mind, we're going to find him, like, macking on some girl. And, oh, lo and behold, we find him macking on some girl in the rain, which was kind of actually a little bit of a turn-on because they were all wet. But, you know, (laughs) that's just how it goes. But does he really need to be macking on anyone when he has all those holodeck chicks up in the sex cabin? (laughs) Maybe Maybe he wanted her to come to the sex cabin. Maybe that oh, was the end goal. to feed her and, you know, clothe her and give her room and board. That's, that's too much effort. You know, holodeck chicks, you turn them on, turn them off. They're right there. Yeah, you can just mute them. Computer, mute hologram. <laughs> exactly. Or if they're not, like, enjoying it enough, you could be like, computer, increase holographic sex characters' excitement. And breasts. <laughs> <laughs> okay (laughs) why not it could happen just swiftly moving along (laughs) we we find out that uh tom is seeing things through another man's eyes and they're having an argument because he's got gets caught macking on rain girl and it turned out that the guy's her husband and Mm -hmm. that Tom then kills him, basically, because I'm going to tell your captain. It's like, oh my God, what is this? Like, you two. I'm going to tell the teacher on you, Tom. But the captain knows he's a lusty, felonious dude. What would she care? I mean, yeah. Why would she care? She's after him herself at this, at this stage of the show. Blah. <laughs> I mean, she's clearly turned on by the lusty feloniousness. <laughs> So anyway, Tom's Tom's killed this guy apparently because she was going to be tattletailed on and find out that he's going to relive this particular scene once every 14 hours as a punishment. Why did they make it every 14 hours? Maybe they have 14-hour days? It's just an odd number. Or maybe it's like, I don't know, because you'd think that it would just be like computerised at random. You have like Mm -hmm. 365 particular thing so you'd experience it once a day but you could experience it like once and then three hours later or you could wait like 112 hours before you experience yeah. it again like you never know it's coming but like surely if you relived it once every 14 hours you know all right time to smoke a joint yeah let me get comfortable because here it comes again yeah exactly it was like no don't like you'd know hang on sorry love can't do this can't have sex right now 14 hours is almost due. It's like Odo in his bucket. <laughs> <laughs> As a kind of now like... I have that in my head that, that Tom does that. What? Goes down into a bucket. bucket as well? Yes. Yes, he does. Tom's bucket. <laughs> it's probably where he picks up his holodeck programs from a bucket. <laughs> no, that's the gutter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a kind of punishment, though, that's kind of like pretty severe in a way. I mean, the only... 
worst punishment will be capital punishment or whatever it's called, and which I'm not a fan of. Which myself. is what they were doing before they did this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is probably a good thing. And I, I, I for someone who's actually like convicted properly, I, I mean, I don't think using the idea of someone's memories to convict someone. Mm-hmm. But it's better than just someone randomly deciding, like, oh, this dude's yeah. guilty. We cut through the credits and we end up in sick bay with Kes learning some medical stuff. Again, showing it's probably the best relationship on Voyager to start with, you know, between Kes and the yes. doctor. It's the most natural one between like teacher and student. And her hair looks better this episode. Yeah, it's not quite mullet like, is it? It's still got that kind of look, but it's more pixie ish. Pixie mullet. Yeah, so and they're talking about the name of what the doctor wants, and he goes through some names. They talk about programming and choice. It's in like, my programming mm-hmm. doesn't allow me to choose. And Cassie's like, well, what's the difference? I choose things, and my brain's basically like something that's yeah. making its mind up. What's to say you're not actually just following the exact same thing, whether you're real or not? I think that's a pretty cool scene. And a- that was a really good argument from her. Mm. Because that made sense. Complete and utter sense. Sometimes you think she's naive, but her potential naivety does bring out some really very good points. Like you could say, mm-hmm. well, I don't understand. It's like someone could argue that as being naive if they're closed-minded, but she's open-minded and sees that, well, why is this the case? It's kind of like a childlike look at racism and that kind of thing. Oh, definitely. Uh, Jamie then calls up and says, we've got an injured man with only one life sign. And then we find out that it's Garrett Wong because it's not Harry Kim because it was like a total acting vest when he was on the bed and I just couldn't watch it. So Garrett Wong was in that shuttle. They made me leave him. Now, my question, what did they do to Harry? Did they beat him up? I don't know. They didn't even mention that, did they? No. It's like he was dehydrated, out of it. Was he on drugs? (laughs) It sounds like a really strenuous, um, a really strenuous interrogation. (laughs) But then we see Janeway like leaning in and she's like, where's Tom? Where's Tom? Where is he? I'm so worried about him. I love him. I want his babies. He likes dogs. She did not say that. That's exactly what her facial expression was doing though. Yeah, she was like full on worried about him. You don't think? Well, because if anything happened to him, she knows that Admiral Paris would have her ass. Yeah, but in this case, she's probably going to be dead before she gets back. True. But she doesn't believe that. It's just a stowaway from New Zealand. So then we go to the planet and we sort of have a flashback scene, I guess we'll call it, about Paris and Harry's narrating it. Where they first talk about the Numiri and how they're sort of like the enemies of the Benea. Uh, the Featherheads? The Featherheads. Were they feathers on the Benayans? That is what I'm, I'm calling them, the Featherheads. The Featherheads. The other people were the lizard people. Well, I'll get, I'll get to that um, <laughs> That bloody, uh, what are they called, the Nemiri in a minute. But the Featherheads, the Benayans, mm-hmm. I really liked their look, especially of, um, what's her name, Ren? I can't remember what her name is. I only watched it like two hours ago. Liddell? <laughs> Liddell, yeah, her. Liddell's hair looked wonderful in it in the feathers but seriously like whatever those feather things were they went over their eyebrows now Mm -hmm. was that like a headdress or was that like part of the no I think that was separate but but like the president guy or whatever or like the commissioner or ambassador the minister the minister that's right 
his headdress thing went over his eyebrows. And then the science guy had like eyebrows that were like wedges. They're like the size of my forehead. I think that they actually grew them out of their heads. I don't think they were headdresses. So you think, think they actually grew what naturally grew. Well, I had a theory and we only hear Wren as the last name of one person. Oh, the two people, Mrs. Wren, Mr. Wren. Yeah. Wren is a bird. Oh. I wanted to hear more last names to hear if they're all birds. That's a very good one. Uh, Mr. Kakapo. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Galar. <laughs> Dr. Kookaburra. <laughs> That's Nick <laughs> from Vedic Assembly. Minister Nene. <laughs> that was just it was just the connection i made i was like ren his last name is ren and he has feathers they're bird people maybe they're the zindi avians <gasps> in the delta quadrant yeah what? oh we just we just we just blew star trek out of the water here we just like <laughs> totally worked out what happened to the avians <laughs> Um, want to point out, uh, that dog, fucking ugly, hated it. It was a chihuahua. Yeah. Again, ugly, hated it, looked like a rat. Aw, he was cute. Nope, it just yaps. Gross. This whole bit about, like, would you like to stay for dinner, and all of that before dinner, I felt like it was, I've written down that there was just so much acting involved, like it took me out, like I could tell everyone was acting, and it Mm -hmm. sort of just made me feel a little bit awkward. It was like a high school production. Yeah. It's almost like a, yeah, you're right. Almost like watching a play at school. Yeah. Um, the only one that I feel like did well in that was Liddell, like the actress who played Liddell. Because she, you could mm-hmm. convey in her body language that she's clearly unhappy. And I'm just like, geez, this guy's a bit of a jerk. She's like, oh, she won't mind if we stay for dinner. And she's like, I just, why are you inviting people over? Yeah. Rude. And then immediately Tom is leering. Ugh. Oh, God, yeah. He's just like, Ugh. oh, my tongue is on the floor and my jaw is like at the core of the planet right now. Come help me. You learn yeah, things I like, in prison. I like Harry calling him out on it because yeah, good old like, Harry. what are you looking at? He's like, Harry's like, well, not the same thing you are. <laughs> it's like, now nah, I'm looking at her butt. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought that was a little bit. I hate to see her go, but I like to watch her walk away. Oh. <laughs> You know he was thinking that. It's like, oh, you're so so gross. (laughs) So then it's dinner time, and Mr. Wren, Mr. Thick Eyebrows, bird guy, (laughs) just bloody stopped talking about her like she's not in the room. Like, she's literally right in front of you. Stop talking Mm -hmm. about her like the way you are. Like, I thought it was rude. And she clearly hated him. Oh, yeah. She had had enough. And that she's so unhappy. And then we have Tom explaining how he avoided the Nemean or Nemea. Nemiri. I'll get it right Nemiri. eventually. The Nemiri. Nemiri. The lizard people. It's basically saying how they had to take the shuttle because Janeway didn't want to take the Voyager because it could have caused some kind of issue. That's our first decision then. It is. It uh, is. I write that down. And I've wrote down a right way. What do you think? <sighs> It's a right way, but I didn't understand why she did it because that's never stopped her before. <laughs> Just like comes in like a bull in a china shop. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Stop your war. I'm here. <laughs> I have a problem. I need help. So forget your problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. 
<laughs> Thanks. My name's Captain Catherine Janeway. USS... <laughs> USS Voyager. Problem solver. And problem creator. <laughs> Most people say it's the latter, but I think it's the former. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think I think that's the right way. I've put it down as a right way because I mean, let's face it, it is for once the right thing to do. I will point out that whilst I picked on Garrett's acting when he was first in the bed when they were trying to find mm-hmm. out where Tom was, his ex- explanation of what was going on in that really sort of low voice that almost was devoid of emotion in a way, I thought that mm-hmm. was actually quite cool because it really was quite like Agatha Christie style explanation. So I thought I was appreciative of that. And that's, that sort of made me think of like Hercule Poirot or Poirot or however you pronounce his name. Hercule Poirot. Him. Yes, him. And also a little bit of Sherlock Holmes. So, which is obviously what they were going for. Well, I I would actually say, I would say that Harry is more Miss Marple than Poirot, but that's just me. Have we now renamed him Ensign Marple now? (laughs) Ensign Marple, yes. (laughs) Uh, So at the end of this, Janeway then decides that she's going to go to the Benayan homeworld after all to obviously get Tom. So she should have done that in the first place. Yes, so she probably should have done. But at the first point of call, it was probably a smart thing because she knew the Benayans and Namiri were at war. And I guess going after her best pilot, and her potential love interest at this particular point was the right thing to do. What do you think? It was the right thing to do. And also we had another mention of Paris being the best pilot during this episode. Oh, we did. He's, he's a god. Let's keep cramming it down our throats. All he's good at is being lusty, piloty, and felonious. Felonious. <laughs> it's the word of the podcast, Suzanne. <laughs> Oh, it makes me feel like Pee Wee Herman on Pee Wee's Playhouse. There was always a word of the day. And when you heard it, you had to start screaming, ah, so. I see. I have no idea what you're talking you about. You never watched Pee Wee's Playhouse. No, I have not. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so then we get to the ready room. And mm-hmm. Janeway's sitting there and Neelix comes in because Janeway wanted to have a chat with him. And do you know what? <laughs> he started off seeming really useful about the Namiri. He did. Until he says that he, he runs the opposite direction when he sees them. Yeah. But you know what? He knows from sources, and those sources are probably his imagination. Oh, <laughs> it makes me, oh, yeah. Makes me think of President Trump when he says, many people are saying, meaning you're making this shit up as you go. Mm-hmm. That's like whenever anyone does a sales tactic on me, it's just like, Many of our customers have said this and like, yeah, nah, probably not. Not a damn one of them has said that. (laughs) So as much as we give Neelix some shit, he's actually, he was actually really quite good in this episode for the most part. He did have a good moment that I will talk about when we get Okay, then we pop out on the bridge because Chakotay's like, oh my God, we're being attacked. And then we get Janeway, shields up, hips held. Does that help the shield stay up when you when you hold your hips? It's a special tactic to add more power to the shields. <laughs> that's that's the Janeway protocol. Shields up, hips held. 
we finally have an answer to what the Janeway protocol is. Actually, no, at this point, they weren't getting attacked. It was just somebody that was turning up to say hello. So they talked to... He was downright pleasant. He was very pleasant for a Numiri, apparently. And now we can we talk about that makeup? Because when I first saw it, it looked like the guy had, like, scaly moustache, like, across (laughs) his whole face. Did you ever see the movie Enemy Mine? Enemy Mine? Enemy Mine. Okay, no, I'm going to Google it as you talk. like that. Oh, yeah. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh. Yeah, I can see that. Right. I've never seen the movie, but... Oh. Oh, it's a good movie. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm... Ew. No, I'm just going to put that down. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see? Oh, it just looks... It just looked weird. Yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah. Ew. Anyway. So that's... Um, I, I was... That's what the little... makeup looked like to me. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I haven't seen the movie, but I can see what you mean based on that terrible Google image I just looked at. <laughs> but I've written down here, I just couldn't stop laughing at his makeup because I'm like, oh, God, that's just quite funny makeup, really. kind of also reminds me of, do you know much about Pokemon? Yes. I think it reminded me Probo Pass. Do you know who Probo Pass is? <laughs> okay, I know, I know that. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Like well, a mix it's just, of a lizard in that? A mix of a lizard and a propopass, yeah. So they go back to the planet and they find out that he's already been tried and he's already been convicted, as, as we already know. We know, but Janeway doesn't. Something about memory engrams and then Tuvok and Janeway want a private moment with Tom. And it's like, did you murder him? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> did you do it? Did you do it? It's like, yeah, of course I did it. I'm going to perfectly, like, absolutely admit to murder. And it's like, did you have improper relations? So, what are you talking about? And Tuvo is just like one step away of saying, did you bone her? (laughs) He should have. He really should have said that. I mean, she was pretty attractive. Like, wouldn't go there myself. We all know. (laughs) I think we all know that. (laughs) We go to an atrium scene where things are supposedly would have happened and... She's seductively lying there on the thing, smoking. And I honestly think she was a little bit smoking high. Smoking weirdly. Yeah, I think she was a little bit high. Maybe that's what she was smoking. Yeah. A bit of conversation happens. was a little bit bored of it until she basically goes, aren't you going to ask me why I married a sugar daddy? <laughs> no, I think that's pretty obvious. So, no one needs to ask that. <laughs> and Tom's like, No. Tom suffers an episode and they find out all oh, things are wrong and they end up taking him back to Voyager. Three to beam out. Mm-hmm. This is when the point where I was just like, oh my God, eyebrow headdress. Because it just, <laughs> just was like fascinated by the eyebrows. So many feathers. So back in sick bay, the doctor insults Tuvok quite alarmingly. But he actually did it a few times at this episode. It's like, I know more about mind melds than you. Sorry, but for the layman person, this is not going to be a very easy thing to read. And Tuvok's like, fuck off, mate, I can read it. No, but when when Tuvok first says, I want to mind melt with him, and Neelix is there and he's like, a mind what? A what? What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. I was like, this, this is the reaction that everyone should have to a mind melt mm-hmm. when they're hearing about it for the first time. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is where Tuvok starts becoming the investigator. Tuvok goes down to the planet to try and talk to Liddell to try and work things out because he's now, you know, 
Hercule Tuvok, he goes, well, basically insinuates that she's dispassionate. It's like, wow, what, a, what an insult to give well, someone. Well, Tuvok would know. I mean, it's a guess. Well, don't, don't take offence to this because, you know, we are a very inherently dispassionate people as well. So actually, you're not. You're like an emotional wreck. You can just hide it. And then he makes a very good point. It's like, you left your husband of 10 years for someone you met like 48 hours ago. It's like, mm, and yeah, you're still you... living in this house where he was murdered. Mm-hmm. So you logic that into Rock. So, and then she goes, uh, it's like something about how do you know if he's the one and all something? And she goes, a woman knows. And it's like, really? Ew. That's, that's, that's almost as bad as sex cabin gigolo. <laughs> Maybe she needs to meet sex cabin gigolo. <laughs> Pretty much. And then back in sick bay, we have a little bit, a few more things to... Tom wakes up for a little bit, and then we get my favourite line of the whole entire show. We were talking about the sensual effects of eclipses. Yeah. So, so what? What? What even is that? I don't know, because, no. Eclipses aren't sensual. I can't even think of a way to make it sensual. If I'm going to make it anything, it's very murdery. <laughs> Which Stephen King did in... um. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the book. Dolores Claiborne. She murders her husband during an eclipse. I have no idea what that is either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back on the bridge. The Numiri are attacking now, and they decide to do that marquee trick where they vent some Ellen gas or whatever and manage to trick them. That's because in the Delta Quadrant, old marquee tricks are new again. Mm hmm. And Jamie's like, oh, Commander, you can't pull that one on me in the future. And I'm sorry, did you see the body language between them when she has her hand on his shoulder and she's all snuggled in next to him? Yeah, she was basically on top of him, wasn't she? On the bridge. Mm-hmm. So letting him do the, letting him do that? Is that a decision? Oh, yeah. That's a Janeway. That's a Janeway? That's a Janeway? Yes. Okay, we'll mark that off. Because we can probably include that in the fact that she's like, yes, yes, and like basically like over the top of his shoulder. Attacking him. Attacking him. <laughs> uh, they ask, they ask Tuvok for an update and Tuvok goes all, mul- all Vulcan and wants a mind meld. They discuss it all. That's where Neelix is like, a wine what? A what? What did he say? Mm-hmm, exactly. He's like, huh? What's what? all this crap? <laughs> And then we get to the point of Janeway lets Tuvok do a mind meld. Oh. Now, this one's hard because yeah. you could say it's wrong because they have no idea. But, like... Mm-hmm. She could have scrambled Tuvok's brains. Mm-hmm. And then she's out her best pilot and her chief security officer. I think it's wrong. I, I was leaning that way myself because she doesn't know. I mean, this stuff is already messing with Tom's brain and doing permanent brain damage. Mm-hmm. She's going to risk two Vox brain? Wouldn't you find out before they would be able to... Because, like, in the very next scene, Janeway's like, oh, can we try and get the engrams removed because they're screwing up mm-hmm. Tom's brain? Like, wouldn't you find that out first? And if they said no, then you'd be like, mm, okay. Because you could have just avoided that whole potential disaster. Yeah, definitely. 100% or wrong way. Done. ask <laughs> to see... The engrams in evidence because I'm sure they still have them. Well, they're inside his brain. Or at least a copy that they put into the the AI that they used to play it. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they'll still have like the brain USB, wouldn't they? That seems to be a bit silly. So anyway, 
Janeway says they can't go beaming anywhere and they've got to go on a shuttle. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. But it turns out that it's actually some kind of plan. So they're in the shuttle. she's already beamed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, did you not remember this? (laughs) (laughs) So Tom and Harry are in the shuttle and he says it's all Harry Kim's fault, which, I mean, let's face it, everything's Harry Kim's fault. Yes, every damn thing. He's apparently the conscience that he's never had. So, wow, that's a pretty uh, big call to make on someone. Yeah, and that's... Don't put all your shit on somebody else, Tom. Own up to some of this crap. Then the Namiri lock on a tractor beam to the shuttle, and they beam out Tom and Harry, and then she speaks to the Namiri through the view screens, (laughs) and she's like, I've got 40 made-up kilotons or whatever explosives on that ship and i am gonna blow up that vessel and lose another shuttlecraft (laughs) exactly (laughs) now this is this is the typical janeway thing she's like i've got no shuttles but i'm gonna fucking blow it up anyway so um, you call my bluff and i will do it like (laughs) fuck around and find out (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's a janeway as well Oh, definitely. Hands down, Janeway. So then Detective Poirot brings them all together in the lounge room, pretty much like, you know, the end of every Agatha Christie novel. Hercule Tuvok. I can be Hercule Tuvok if you want. That's fine. (laughs) Yes. Hercule Tuvok then brings them all together, like the end of an Agatha Christie novel, because he's basically now Hercule. (laughs) And uh, to reveal the true story... He should have actually been like, you might be asking why I've gathered you all here. <laughs> he right. should have said that. It's like, well, point A, point B, point C, point D. And you did it. <laughs> it was the doctor. It was the dog. <laughs> So, it's, while they're all in the lounge room, they're talking about um, the evidence and said, oh, it's, this is what the evidence said. Stop making crap up. And Tuvok's like, well, nothing's ever completely untamperable. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, then they go like, the first part of the evidence, Tom, stand next to Liddell. And they're not the same height. Yet in the image that Tom sees mm-hmm. and like the evidence, they're the and same height. Now, what kind of shitty judicial system doesn't notice that the two people aren't the same height? Because they would have had to have stood together at some point. Mm, not necessarily, because if he's on trial, he's sitting down, she would be called up to the witness stand. Yeah, but the police would have had like, don't the police take like all your measurements, like your height, your fingerprints, your penis size, the waist size, etc.? They do, but I'm not sure that they do that with witnesses. Oh, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll I'll let that off then. I'll let that off. Okay. (laughs) So then the second point of evidence is that the potential killer has stabbed them right in the exact spot where the Benayan heart is, which is apparently down like the eighth or ninth rib on the side or something. I don't know. It was was just good luck. That was all. So that's how you're going to do it? You're going to say it's good luck? Because I was going to say... That seems very convenient. Why didn't they pick that up? <laughs> Again, bad judicial just system. Just been going for a belly wound. Oh, and just, oh, yeah, okay, stab him in the stomach. He'll bleed out eventually. All right, yeah, no, I can, I can, I can take that. And then we find out that it was actually the doctor 
which is kind of clever. Like, I did, I did think the storyline was mm-hmm. kind of cool. That was. And then the final piece of evidence, that mangy rat. Nika. Like, why, why rely on the dog to be your final piece of evidence? I'm fairly sure that is exactly how, like, a Agatha Christie Poirot, Poirot novel finished at one point and a Sherlock Holmes novel finished I'm at one point. I'm pretty sure one of them did finish that way, and I can't remember which one. So, yeah, all of it hinged on the rat. We end up... <laughs> It was a rat. It was a hundred percent a rat. Well, it kind of did resemble pizza rat. Yes. Don't know what that is. You don't know pizza rat? Okay. No. This is an American thing. It is. There. Somebody videoed and posted online a rat taking a piece of pizza up from the subway up the steps, like a whole slice, just dragging it up the steps. Because you know, rats gotta eat. Right. That just sounds gross. <laughs> But it's so New York. <laughs> Things happen in New York, apparently. Wow. <laughs> then we get to the end of the episode. Just quickly, in the mess hall, Tom's like, you've made a friend today, Tuvok. And Tuvok internally is like, fuck. <laughs> More people bugging me. I don't want friends. Stupid ass humans, leave me alone. I should have just left him there. Which is pretty much what he said. Is like, if you were guilty... I would have said you were guilty. Yeah. All in all, this episode is, I've never really gone a bundle on it, but at the same time, mm. it's sort of one of those episodes that are, now that I fully understand that it's basically a piss take, I won't call it even a piss take, just like a parody of a pyro novel mm-hmm. or story, I sort of enjoyed it a lot more. I still liked A Matter of Perspective much better. Matter of Perspective. <laughs> I mean, sure. I prefer <laughs> this because TNG is not my favourite. Well, TNG is not my favorite, but some stories, they just did better. Yeah. And that's just one of them. So, yeah, we've reached the end of the episode, Suzanne. We did. Yeah. It's a short one. We seem to be doing them quite short. It's because there hasn't been that many Janeway decisions in this episode. No, there weren't very many decisions. No, because it's obviously mainly a Tuvok and Tom episode. Yeah. A little handful. Can we talk about poor Bellana and her one line in the entire episode? Why even put her in at that point? Contractual reasons. <laughs> I'm fairly sure Chakotay had the same amount of lines. He had a couple more, but she was just for that one scene on the bridge. That was it. They, they, they pretty much had to shoehorn her in, didn't they? Yeah. And there isn't really a Balana-centric episode until Faces later on this season. Getting in all that makeup just for one stinking line. Well, at least it probably didn't take them like five minutes to film. Like it probably still took them hours. At least a day. So we've ended up on two right decisions, one wrong decision, and two Janeway decisions. So we've got to decide which one it is out of right way or the Janeway. And this is pretty hard (sighs) because I feel like, I feel like it's more of a right way because my one... Mm-hmm. You, we wrote down that the marquee trick was the right way, as as mm-hmm. the as the Jane way, but it could also be the right way. I think. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's the right way going with someone else's plan. You don't want to always have to use your own plan that you've hatched in your own head. And if Chakotay has more knowledge in this area of getting away from captors, which he does, being marquee, yeah, then you should use that. And it is the right way. Is that is that what we're going to go for? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's two right ways in a row. No, really? Yes. Jeez, Janeway, what is she doing? Because we had our first right way on the last episode. 
<laughs> I'm fairly sure there are going to be a few more episodes that are coming up Janeway, looking at them. Oh, yeah. Looking at what's coming Most up. Most definitely. Next week, Suzanne, and by next yes. week, I always say next week, but it's next fortnight, we're going to be doing something slightly different. <gasps> what? We're going to start our rewrite of Voyager to be 20th Season two? 21st century. We'd have to do a recap of what we'd had in season one. Because we don't, I don't remember what we did in season one. Me neither, but I'm going to have to find I'll it. I'll have to listen to it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I have to find it and write it down. But we're going to then do season two. So technically, we're going to be doing season one and season two for those who haven't actually listened to our previous podcast, To The Journey. I don't even remember what that episode was called. That episode was called VSS Liver. So if you do want to go and have a look for it, yes, it's on the Trek yes. FM network called on, on the podcast To The Journey with the name VSS Liver. Don't know what number it was. <laughs> if you want to listen to it in all its glory, you can, or you can just listen to us summarize it next fortnight on oh. the Janeway. Stuff is coming back to me. <laughs> Some pretty good stuff. <laughs> So anyway, thank you for tuning in to us. We really appreciate all of you who do listen to us talk about Voyager, and we would love it if you subscribed and gave us all of the stars. We did have a review not long ago, which was another five-star review, so just thank you very much. I don't have it up right now. It was very lovely. It was very lovely. I will get it up. Bear with me. Bear with me. Play amongst yourselves. Have a chat. <laughs> I'll give you a topic. Here we go. It was from Ship Seven Way. And they said that they that they wanted a Voyager podcast and clicked on this one for the title, obviously. So glad I did. The hosts are lovely, apparently. I, I like that. And it's great the way they frame the podcast to look at Janeway's decisions. I can't wait for more. So thank you, Ship Seven Way. I'm very happy. I'm dying to know what episode they clip, clicked on for the title. The title? Oh, it would it probably just called The Janeway. But imagine if Sex Cabin was the first thing that anyone listens <laughs> to of ours. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this might be have an interesting title and artwork, especially the artwork. Listener Suzanne does the artwork yes. for the shows because I've got absolutely no artistic talent whatsoever. I'm surprised I've got any form of talent at all in my life. But that's a different story. I have something in my head already. Oh, gosh. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see when it comes out. So, Suzanne, where can we find you online? Well, you can find me on Twitter at KJaneway8 or at Stained Sass, where you can find some stained glass Star Trek artwork. And Liam, where are you at online? Where can people track you down? Well, apparently you can track me down in prison for those lusty felonious crimes that I'm doing. <laughs> but otherwise, Twitter would be LS74656. You can also find me on the Vedic Assembly, which is the DS9 podcast on this network. And I think yeah, that that's it. I'm not anywhere else. I mean, I'm on Facebook. Oh, the Nexus. That's where we are. <laughs> And I also do Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast with Brandy Jackala. And eventually we're going to have another episode come out. But we're trying to take our time, seeing as how we don't even have a premiere date for Strange New Worlds. We're trying to stretch out as much content as we can. <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that show. 
Just remember to follow us on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and on Facebook in our listeners group, The Nexus. Until next time, remember to keep doing things not the right way, not the wrong way, but the Jane way. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, I think the I think the actual music that we've chosen for this makes that sound better than what I can do. I love the music so much. Whenever I'm editing, I have to listen to the thing. I'm like, <gasps> dismiss. That's a Starfleet expression for get out. Brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. It, it's too much effort and I'm busy. I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. <laughs> He had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny <laughs> because exactly. that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talospor. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for Star Pod Trek, a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were were a nice balance between science fiction and real world science, and that was cool because the, because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science, and a lot of, and I mean all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans, and and they they probably even said that that they got into to science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for the Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but it could, yeah. Do we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to know. Just some bit of self-stealing, self-sealing stem bolts. <laughs> yes, it wants those self-sealing stem bolts. And <laughs> Somebody wants them. <laughs> because self-sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. <laughs> I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.